0: Hey Ash, welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater.
1: As we step into this new audition world in 2021, there are many elements that are shifting for the upcoming audition season as theaters start to really open. And I thought it would be a good time to talk about some ways that you can prepare for that. We can hypothesize what is to come in the auditions and offer some valuable knowledge as to what we are seeing happening and how you can navigate those waters for folks out there that are auditioning for musical theater. Great. Before we do that, what puzzler do you have for us on this topic today?
0: All right. We can't forget the puzzler. So here's the question. What are the first three musicals to reopen on Broadway this September?
1: Oh, this is very new. They just, they just came out with this.
0: Just got announced. So we are starting to see uh, Broadway show openings being announced, and they're slowly trickling out as the days progress. But there are three specific shows that have announced that they are going to be the first three to return. So we'll circle back and we'll answer that together.
1: The most recent audition posts that I've seen have announced an open call that is virtual mm-hmm. and have said, please submit your self-tape for consideration. And then we will call you back if we want to see more, or we will let you know if we want you to attend the dance audition. And I have been scouring, you know, ActorsEquity, Playbill.com, Broadway.com, Backstage.com, all of these places that people post, as well as theaters that have Facebook pages. I'm part of all their email lists. So it's really challenging now because there is this shift Mm -hmm. to digital submissions. First off, how do you feel about that, Tim?
0: At first, I was hesitant because I come from a generation that taught you how to approach an accompanist and how to, you know, prepare your sheet music and to cut and tape and do all those analog things that we did, you know, pre twenty twenty, and in the audition room. And now, now, I'm not saying that's going away, but now as an educator of theater and as a professional. We are forced to acknowledge the digital age and you, how do we acknowledge the digital age and then let it inform our audition processes? And we're seeing it happen so fast right now. So I'm I'm embracing it and I'm I'm educating myself about how I can better educate my students to be um, current in this age that we're in, this digital age that we're in.
1: As myself, an elder millennial, or as I just found out today reading an article, a geriatric (laughs) millennial, (laughs) that means those that are born between 1980 and 1985, that is totally me. We are the best people. To navigate this analog and digital world. So, oh my gosh,
0: what does that make <laughs> me if I'm a Gen Xer? I feel like an mm, old, old person.
1: No, no. So as a geriatric <laughs> millennial, <laughs> let me l- let me just give you my thoughts. I am so excited, honestly. Mm-hmm. I am so excited because I am working with people and myself. I'm, we are preparing these self tapes for submissions all over the world now. Mm-hmm. Like we are right now in California and I can go and look at auditions you know that are that are not in California mm-hmm. and I can I can see okay, you know a Signature Theater has auditions great. I'd like to submit for this this and this. I'm going to prepare this this self tape or I've already got this self tape ready. I'll submit it. And I'm so excited because now it's kind of opened the gates to more opportunities. For folks, not dependent upon where you're located. Now, that does mean that if you have a callback, you'll have to fly out there. I understand that. But it gets me in the door. It gets folks in the door that perhaps aren't able to get to that town or get to that city or can't get there on that day. And And, that makes me excited.
0: And what's really exciting about this is, yes, the opportunities seem to be magnified because you're no longer limited by where you live. Based on where you're, what you're auditioning for, you can now audition for the signature theater, or audition for a Broadway show, or audition for something in in Texas. If they are looking for virtual submissions and are willing to fly you out and and house you, etc. But I, I think that's really exciting. Um, also, this idea of a digital portfolio. And we talk about this a lot, very casually. Yes, um, I, I talk to,
1: about this to all of my clients and students right now.
0: And and this is something I'm starting to integrate into my curriculum as well. Is um, the, the traditional book, you know how we put them all in categories mm-hmm. and and uh, and we broke them down by different genres within musical theater. Now we have to consider our self tapes in that same regard in the digital medium. So I want to ask you, how important is having a couple of components, a website, having social media presence, uh, being searchable on Google, and ultimately, having a plethora of self-tapes that are varied in genres and styles of performance so that you can be equipped to submit within, say, 48 hours if necessary.
1: Absolutely 100% important. All of those things that you just mentioned are the new way of self-promotion, of broadcasting your content, and of submitting. And I, I personally do not think this is going to go away. Now, we will find out as, as theaters start opening up and people start having auditions in person. But I think this is the one thing that everybody should be looking and creating right now. And I've been saying this for the past year. You need to have a website. You need to get that up. Self-tapes. You need to have your top you know, 5 to 8, 10, 12, whatever you want to do on self-tapes. And they need mm-hmm. to be done well. I don't mean professionally. I, I work with people all the time about self-tapes and that's kind of one of my go-to coachings right now that I do in my studio and I actually have a self-tape class an online class that anyone can take anywhere all over the world it's extremely inexpensive and you can get the basic components of how to self-tape and I'm not talking about you know where to put the camera And I'm not even talking about fancy mics. I mean, I include that. But yeah, do we need to have good technical elements, the lighting, the sound, the framing? Of course, of course. But we also had to talk about the elements of of how do you self-tape and show your authenticity Mm -hmm. to have grab their attention in the first couple of seconds because they're going to just be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And you have those first five or six seconds to grab their attention, to keep them on your tape which is something that's really different in the room in the room we know i've got this 16 bars right they're going they're in the room with me whether they're listening <laughs> or paying attention who knows but i'm there they're forced to watch me they're not forced to watch you on a digital self tape they, they can, can stop
0: they can stop they can scrub through you and fast forward if if they know the song and they're they just
1: want to hear the belt they'll just fast forward right to the belt absolutely that's a pro and that's a con mm-hmm. as you know for this situation but the idea of how do we train people to on camera express themselves, to communicate, mm-hmm. to connect with the camera and not make it be you know directly into the lens or be, you know, I've seen so many self-tapes when I start to coach them where they're totally looking at the corner and I'm like, I come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see through your face some somehow. Um or the, it's too dark or the lighting is it's too bright or there's a lot of things going on behind them because they're just unaware. They just haven't had the experience of someone saying, you know, try this, this, and this, and this. And so in, in my online class too, I talk about the performance aspects, the performance mm-hmm. techniques. And it's almost like a mini course in how to film everything online, how to edit it, but also how to perform your song, how to perform on camera, mm-hmm. and how to make that performance specific for you, who you are as a human being, your point of view, your the way that you're telling that story. So that's all that class is on my website. I'll put the link down below as well for you. But it's something I'm really proud of because I want people anywhere all over the world to be able to say, hey, I feel comfortable making a good self-tape. and it doesn't cost a lot of money. You don't need fancy equipment. We all have a thing called a cell phone. (laughs) That's 4K, right? And and
0: this is going to force curriculum across all practices, whether it be in uh, professional studios, whether it be in academic arenas, this is going to force a dramatic shift in the curriculum because most major schools of teaching have some component of auditioning for musical theater. Now we have to shift that lens a little bit to incorporate the self tape experience. You know, a year ago, uh, this last year, we were doing it out of necessity because we didn't have a choice. But right. some things that are born out of necessity become part of the new culture of auditioning. And I think this is something that I'm really excited that's being kept because I think also this is going to create more equity.
1: Absolutely. More Absolutely. People,
0: more people are going to get the opportunity to audition and hopefully get seen by submitting. Uh, by not having to leave the comfort of their home. As long as they've got a good wall and they've got some decent lighting and a decent quality cell phone, then they can probably pump out a pretty good, uh, pretty good self-tape.
1: Yeah, it's, and, it's not... No, go ahead. It's not about money. And that's what I love about self-tapes is you don't have to have, you know, I know that you and I we like when people see my tapes, I I use a DSLR camera, I have a really fancy mm-hmm. mic, but you don't have to have yeah. any of that to produce it's all about just the little tips and tricks that you can use for your space and it is different for everybody. But how you can create a space where you know I can set this light up, I can record it this time, this is where I set my camera, I prop it up on some books or I have this inexpensive little tripod with a little LumiCube or a ring light on it and I can get it done in no time flat and I can feel comfortable doing it instead of just like feeling like, oh, I see that that submission, but I don't feel comfortable putting myself on camera. Mm-hmm. What I talk a lot with my clients about is they're already so uncomfortable in the room that getting putting them on camera, 10 times their anxiety and their stress level is through the roof, 10 mm-hmm. times. And what Zoom has actually done that I've noticed is allowed people to be comfortable being on camera. Mm-hmm. And there's a really big divide right now that I think we're going to see in the industry where people that are running some of these theaters and shows are going to want to go back into person because mm-hmm. that is what they know. Right. right. That That is how they've always done it and they don't want to do it any differently. And I hope what they understand is the time that it takes for us to... Whether you're, you know, if you're in New York and you're standing in line for a non-union, you know, audition. Even a
0: union audition.
1: Yeah. A union audition, you, right, I would wait eight, nine hours Mm -hmm. in New York and maybe not even get seen. And I think that is such a disservice to actors. Um, It's why a lot of people leave the business. It's why they burn out. At least in equity, you can get an appointment. Mm -hmm. But even in L.A., you can walk in anywhere in L.A. and walk in and be seen anywhere.
0: In in major cities outside of New York City, absolutely, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think what this is going to do is help people navigate their life a little better in this industry in a little bit more of a healthy fashion. Mm -hmm. And and on the other end as well, as a director, wouldn't you rather see a bunch of self-tapes and sit through them in the comfort of your own home and say to these people, "Hey, you know, you are what we're looking for. We want to see you for this mm-hmm. role or for mm-hmm. this ensemble call." And there's folks that you know up front initially that they're not what you're looking for. Wouldn't that be easier for you?
0: Well, you're just you're just saving yourself a ton of time. Uh, in having to you know, make the trip out to whatever major city that you're auditioning in and sitting there for eight, nine hours. Whereas you can get either an immediate response or they say, thank you very much. Uh, we're, looking at, we're looking at someone else.
1: But even as a director on the other end of the table, what are your thoughts on having a self-tape submission first to kind of do, I don't want to say a cut because it sounds so negative, but to say, to filter through and say, these people are what I'm looking for, these not for this project.
0: I try to look at it like I'm trying to Assist the auditionee in making their in valuing their time, and so by creating an, a submission, an initial submission, what that does is that first round tells me, okay, I can I can look at X amount of self tapes and say, okay, I need uh, these are the people that I really want to call back, but this this group of people never had to leave the comfort of their home. And and spend you know cancel um, whatever shift they had at a job or or miss another audition opportunity that may have been equally a, on par with this audition, they can still do that audition as well, and so they're not having to pick and choose their battles, and it frees I think it just frees them up to to uh, audition for more things and to submit for more things, and I think the more things that people can have out there, the more uh, opportunities they're opening themselves up for. Uh, but I, I really like the idea of, of creating an equitable balance for people to submit. Um, I just think that there are a lot of people I, I've I've know so many stories of people that said, you know, I'd love to come audition for you, but I can't make it because I have to work that day or I have to teach that day or I have something I've been through that same exact situation. And in the past we always said, <laughs> would it be okay if I submitted a video, but now we can turn the video into the culture of auditioning. Versus being kind of a oh, if we have time, go ahead and send a video.
1: Yeah, I remember a, it was like a year or two ago where you were a, you were up for a callback for a role in a show that you really wanted to do,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you could you were at the initial initial callback, but they wanted to see you again, and you were like, I have to teach. I'm a college professor. Can I come yeah. in later? And they were like, No, that's it. And, and you, so yeah, it was I so sad. But yeah. now I
0: think I think it 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 doesn't force us to be boxed into just focusing all of our attention to that one audition we yes. can submit for that audition but submit for six others at the same time and and put it's it's kind of like you know just putting yourself out there even more than you were before
1: it kind of relates back to the episode from last week which we talked about being a multifaceted artist and having a career and the amount of time that we spend at auditions And not get the job is we've always said, it's just part of it. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is. And now we're saying here is a way that it cannot be Mm -hmm. (laughs) that way anymore. And what I would suggest to people is create your digital audition book right now. Like do Mm -hmm. not wait. Do not wait. And the best part about this is you can create a different atmosphere for every audition, every submission. You can create a different tone, a different mood, a different space you know you can create different visual elements and that's such a great opportunity to have as an artist
0: and we're no longer defined by just standing in front of a wall and and singing straight or speaking straight into a camera you can mm-hmm. be a little bit more creative you don't mm-hmm. have to be defined by just the traditional model of self-tape I think self-tape the art of self-tape itself is actually evolving. And uh, well, they've
1: been doing it in the film industry for years. Oh yeah, right.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Different angles, you know. uh, Mm -hmm. Moment, how you how you perceive a moment before stepping into Mm -hmm. the camera, or um, how you how you choose to tell, communicate the story of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much that's evolving in this arena um, that I think there's a lot more freedom than when we had when we were trying to self tape, uh, even just a year ago.
1: Absolutely, I like to call those in my when I teach my self tape class. I like to call those wild card ones, mm-hmm. <laughs> the wild card where you do something different, um, take some artistic liberties, whether it's you know doing B roll and overlaying your voice, um, just some different um, ways that you can create tapes. I, I'm not going to call those self tapes because they're more of movie mm-hmm. B roll types of music videos, but utilizing that on YouTube and self promoting yourself. And I think it's something that we are really going to see more and more of as we continue on down this path.
0: I wanted to ask you another question uh, as it relates to social media and uh, specifically platforms like YouTube and uh, all the other social media platforms. But how do we maximize our, our social media platforms to help? Develop our our artistry, or help facilitate promotion when it comes to um, to auditions and putting yourself out there.
1: I have a class on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's my new tagline. I have a class on that, mm-hmm. or I have a video on that <laughs> on my YouTube channel to answer that question. And this is exactly what I talk about in my YouTube class.
0: And sorry, I wanted to. I, the reason this came up is because mm-hmm. directors, producers, now. When people come into the room or Mm -hmm. digitally submit, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to look you up on social media and they're going to look you up on Google.
1: They're going to Google you and they're going to YouTube you. Yes. Exactly those two things. And then they're going to look at your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, your TikTok, whatever you have to see what kind of, not only what other content you have, maybe you submitted You know something that is you know a high tenor song, and they want to see now can you do something that is a ballad and that's Mm -hmm. more baritone? And so they're going to go and see if they can find more content on you. If you didn't, you know, if you only submitted one video and didn't link to your website and didn't Mm -hmm. link to your YouTube and all that jazz, like I teach in my class, they're going to also want to see your social media and see what kind of a human being are you? Yeah. Right? Are you going to be someone they're going to want to work with? Are you going to be a a collaborative? team player, a supportive human being. And I think that's something that we all need to consider. Your social media is an extension of who you are as a human. Does that mean you can't put your personal opinions out? No, I'm not saying that. But every piece of content that you put out there, Google is crawling it and searching it, especially YouTube, right? Google number one search engine, YouTube owned by Google, second largest search engine. If you are putting out content, I would highly suggest, especially your videos, put them on YouTube mm-hmm. because Google, when they type your name in, right, you, they submit and, they, and you don't have a website yet and you don't have anything, uh, uh, you don't have a way to show them the content you want to show them like their website. They're going to Google you and anything that is on YouTube or on, the, on Google is going to pop up first. That's why you want to have a website so you can control that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to crawl TikTok. It's not going to crawl Instagram. It's not. It sort of will crawl Facebook. It will sort of will crawl LinkedIn. But really, you want to be able for them to immediately go, oh, they have 10 other videos on YouTube I can just peruse. Great. Let me see them dance. Let me see them monologue. Oh, my gosh. They play an instrument. Oh, my gosh. They vlog about the soaps that they're creating and selling and they have their own business. Oh, my God. That's so cool. So all of that information is so important now as an artist. It l- allows someone to see a window into your life.
0: It's an extension of your special skills and your resume. Yeah,
1: you know? and, and who I, you are as a human.
0: And I want to I want to preface because I want to make sure that everyone knows that what we're not saying is that you have to now be hyper aware of everything you post or every picture or meme that you post on social media. That is all part of who you are and the culture right. of who you are. But also there's something to be said about you know knowing that you are being googled, you are being mm-hmm. looked at on YouTube. And so how you choose to engage on social media is tied indelibly to your audition process.
1: Yes, they're looking at you now as a, as a human too, which mm-hmm. is which I love. It is exciting, yeah. right? It's exciting to be able to say, let me tell you a little bit more about me when you jump on my website. Mm-hmm. And your website is not just now, portfolio, headshots. And, and media. And if it is, call me and let's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's work together. Right. But it, it, it is a, a way for people to say, let me learn about who you are. What's important to you? what What do you value? What are the things do you do? Mm-hmm. It's a way for you to showcase a side of you that they're not going to get in that one digital song.
0: 30 or 90 second song that you submitted.
1: Right. And so going back to the idea of YouTube is it is a free way to broadcast your content. Mm -hmm. And I go through I like do a deep dive into YouTube for anybody that is really an artist or an educator that wants to go from step one, which is here is your profile that you have started. What do I do with this profile? (laughs) Because there's so many, so many opportunities that you just don't know until you've been on the platform quite a long time, like I have. You know, after a while, you might turn around and go, Oh my God, I can monetize my content because people subscribe mm-hmm. to it. Say what? That's what happened to me. And then what, they like this type of content that I'm teaching. So now, why don't I do more of that? And why don't I make more money doing it? Um, and YouTube
0: I, is not going anywhere anytime n- soon. If anything, it is actually dominating the market. You've got YouTube itself. You got YouTube TV, and now you have those shorts where you can create those short videos.
1: Yeah, now they've unlocked um, short videos, so you can most—I think it's most in everybody now. I was beta testing it for a while with them, but you can open up your mobile app in your mobile YouTube app, and you can now literally create a short in your in your phone, like TikTok. It's insane. But we have stories, but. Uh, I'm going to say these things, but you don't get these when you just open an account. There are steps that you have to get to, unlike TikTok or even really Instagram. But we have stories. We have shorts, which are one minute or less short form vertical video content. You know, we have I'm um, going live. We have memberships that you can unlock at a certain point on your channel. You can monetize your content. We have all of these different options. You know, we have posts for your community post page. We have all of these options on YouTube because it is growing significantly with the push of content creators wanting to not only monetize their, their, their work, but having other ways that you can produce your work for different types of communities. We see that with TikTok recently right now, right? The short vertical video. And then we see Instagram trying to do IGTV and doing reels as well. But goodness gracious, take that content, put that on the YouTube and maybe make some money or have Google crawl it. I just want to go back to the idea that just keep in mind, I don't want you to censor, but keep in mind that everything you put out there, you know, are you going to be cool with it if a producer sees it? Are you going to be cool with it if a director is like, let me go check that out? Mm-hmm. It's just something to think about because it's letting someone into your home.
0: <laughs> and again, we're not saying censor yourself. We're just saying- No,
1: I'm not saying Honor
0: that. your humanity and your essence on social media and be okay with that being seen by every casting director or producer.
1: Absolutely. And if you're fine,
0: then wonderful. Then go for it. Do whatever you want. Um, and I think all of these conversations that we're having in this very moment tie back to the future of what an auditioning for musical theater experience would be like. Learning the craft of auditioning for musical theater is no longer just about the talent. It's actually about we are moving into this idea of becoming an influencer. I know that sounds like really weird for some people. They're like, because people think, oh, influencer Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. Yes, they are influencers, but but you understand how much that ideology has now is now dominating social media space.
1: I did a consult with someone a couple of weeks ago, and um, if I'm if I'm starting to work with somebody, I always offer like a 15 minute free consult just to kind of talk and see, you know, are, are we compatible? Can I help you and offer value? And just to get an idea before we jump into to um, sessions. And I got on the Zoom call with this person, and they were like, "I'm I'm sorry, I'm just, I just you are you are you are the Ashley Espinosa," and I'm like. <laughs> Yes. That's weird. That's me. (laughs) And they were like, I just feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. And my heart literally just like, I was like, what? You think I'm a celebrity? They're like, I've been following you on YouTube and your social media for the last year now. You're doing, you are, you have the career and the life that I want. Please teach me your ways. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought my heart was just so full because As an online content creator, and as you're saying, we are really turning into influencers. People are looking up to us. Mm -hmm. And that puts us in a position of authority that can be, I think, manipulated and so easily manipulated. And so I'm always the first person to say, whatever you're putting out there, be proud of that work. And and be okay with saying, yeah, I said that, and this is why. Or let's have a conversation about that if you want to, mm-hmm. whether you disagree or or agree. So yes, it is. You are right. We are all becoming um, influencers and quote celebrity status to certain people. It's it's a way for you to broadcast online in whatever platform you choose and put your work out there, mm-hmm. just like you would if you were on TV on a stage, you know, in a film. Uh, Whatever it may be you have that opportunity don't waste it.
0: It's now okay and permissible to To peer into someone's life outside of just the audition room or the virtual audition space And there's nothing wrong with that because people it's it's there. It's it's for public consumption
1: And I know people get I, I work with people all the time That are like i'm just scared to post my content online. I'm scared to post myself tapes I'm scared to post me talking about this thing that I know. And I will tell you, I mean, if you go back to my first YouTube video, holy smokes, <laughs> just went for it. But it's like anything else. The more you audition in the room, the easier it's going to get. The more you submit your CV, the, 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 the better you're going to be able to update it. The more you interview, the better you're going to be. The more you create content and self-tapes the better you're going to get at it because it is a skill just like we have been taught that auditioning in the room, right? We, at the very beginning of this episode, we talked about sh- cutting our sheet music and taping it together and <laughs> printing it out and having your book all organized and talking to the accompanist and don't touch the accompanist because they don't want to be touched and that, you know, navigating all of that. Now we just have to navigate how to do that in a digital, in a digital way. And it
0: doesn't replace it. That's It's now yeah. in addition to it. Yes. So we've just added more to your arsenal, more things that you need to absorb and learn how to do to make yourself a fully comprehensive audition e.
1: Absolutely. And if anyone needs any help with that, I've got a ton of classes out. I have a whole online community. Check out my website. I'll put links in the description box for you as well. And don't hesitate to reach out if, if I can be of any help with you in that atmosphere. But let's wrap it ra- back around to our puzzler, Tim.
0: All right. The question was, what are the first three musicals to reopen on Broadway this September?
1: And the answer is?
0: The answer is Hamilton, Wicked, and The Lion King. Yes, they have scheduled their performances to resume on September 14th, which we're all very excited about, uh, as well as a slew of other shows that are slowly going to be trickling out uh, after Hamilton, Wicked, and The Lion King. But I think those three shows really are big You know, box office um, ticket sellers. And I think from a producer standpoint and from a commercial standpoint, it makes sense to have those three shows kick off um, Broadway in September. But I'm looking forward to seeing all the other announcements that come out uh, um, over the next couple of weeks and months as we slowly start to work our way back towards some semblance of normality uh, on the Broadway stage. I do want to say I... there is a caveat to that, and it's just, it's just the activist in me that, that wants to say that I'm excited about the announcements of reopenings. But I truly and hope, really hope that these producers, these creative teams, and the casting directors are really doing the much necessary work that needs to be done to create an equitable playing field for everyone. I really just hope that the work that has been done that we have all put ourselves through over the course of this last year isn't in vain and that we don't just go back to business as normal, that we continue to educate ourselves and make ourselves more whole and equitable for this entire industry.
1: Thanks for joining us in this episode and we will see you next week.